1: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
0: And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Start a Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And today's episode of Startup Hustle Puzzle is sponsored by Double, a flexible assistant service for busy executives that matches you with an experienced assistant. Today, it is easier than ever to hire a virtual assistant online, and no solution is better than Double. Double is the flexible assistant service built for busy founders, executives, and anyone looking to save time and focus on what matters most. Want to take control of your business and lock, unlock a more productive version of yourself? Go to withdouble.com today and get $300 off your first month when you sign up with the code HUSTLE22. That is withdouble.com. Use code HUSTLE22 and save $300. And also save a little bit of your sanity, friends, because I got to tell you, I, I sometimes I feel like without my virtual assistant, uh, I would be descending into madness. So, so definitely check out Double today. Now, my friends. We're going to actually talk about a topic that I'm super excited about. And it's because I don't have a lot of knowledge in this space, so our poor guest is going to have to take me along, kind of carry me through this conversation. I can see her laughing right now because she knows exactly how this is going to go. But Alejandra Santos is the founder and CEO of startup Tandem, and we're going to be talking we're going to be talking about finance. I know that our founders who play along at home. Most of you are really, really into product and you're really into iterating and developing your services and getting better and better. But one of the things that startup founders really, really need to get better at is that finance piece. How we talk about money and our relationship to money is crucially important on our journey as founders as we're looking to grow and scale and become strong businesses. And I am so, so grateful to have you with us today, Alejandra. Thank you so much. (laughs)
1: Lauren, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. So excited to to give you some of my knowledge to everybody that's listening in on finance and just yeah you know share a little bit of my journey and and see how I can help you guys.
0: Awesome. Well, that is exactly what we are here for. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. I'm gonna ask you the question. Tell us about your journey, my friend.
1: My journey. Okay, so I'm gonna say my journey started um, when I moved to America when I was seventeen years old. Um, and at that time, I come from a small business owner's kind of family, you know entrepreneurial family. So when I came to America, I wanted to do something different with my life. Obviously, I went through school, I did all these programs, I became an employee, I learned the ropes of uh, different kind of industries and at some point, I faced myself with entrepreneurship working for entrepreneurs um, in California. And it was very eye-opening there to see exactly what the needs were as, you know, people running different hats and, you know, doing different kinds of functions on how to scale their business. And as an employee, I was very junior at that level. And I realized, you know, there's a lot of structures that are missing, a lot of processes and policies that are missing. Uh, It wasn't really clear exactly what I wanted to do until I became part of a consulting company that exactly do what i actually do right now and that right there was even a bigger eye-opener because i saw not only the need as an internal employee for a entrepreneurial company but also the need from an outside perspective of an entrepreneurial company as a consultant and that's yeah. when i realized you know very holistically speaking okay entrepreneurship it's hard it's amazing. It's a drive. It's a journey. And having the right people by your side is the most important part of the journey. So that's yes. when I created my company. Yes.
0: Uh, Well, that's incredible. So so when we're talking about the right people by your side, I mean, that can, you you have to have your team. And your team can be the people who work for you, work with you. But it can also be the people who are invested in your success, you know, your mentors and your brand advocates and all of the folks who are, are collectively engaged in what you're doing. But... The piece that Alejandra speaks to and the piece that, that I love so much and the piece that I want to hear more about is that finance piece. Can you talk to us a little bit about where your I your love or your appreciation of, of that piece of business came from?
1: So, yes. Thank you for asking that, actually. My um, my mom was a finance savvy person back in my country. She owned her own finance brokerage. Oh, wow. Wow. And that's where it comes from. You're yeah. like
0: a second generation <laughs> financial wizard. Okay.
1: <laughs> and also my father, you know, a small business owner as well, uh, very analytical. They, they were teaching me the ropes as, you know, as early as I was three, four years old. On, oh, wow. You know, yeah. On like what taxes meant or what, you know, what a inventory purchase was. And I was a tiny little child. But, I mean, the love for numbers is basically the fact that I love problem solving. I love watching trends. I love identifying uh, problems and, you know, creating solutions. And that's, I think, finance, when I look at finance, it's not just you grab a calculator and, you you know, you say, what, what when am I breaking even? No, it's really understanding what those numbers mean in your company. And that's what I like about it, the story behind it.
0: Yeah, well, and you said something really interesting. Well, so so first things first, I think it's really, really important what you just said about problem solving. Because the fact is, you know, math is math. You know, two plus two is always going to equal four unless... I don't know you're in some alternate universe or something like that but the fact is when you apply the financial pieces and that knowledge and that wisdom that you bring to your clients and customers when you apply it well you're able to take that data and take those insights and turn it into better decisions for your company right so it's not just a matter of knowing the math it's a matter of knowing how and when to apply it which is where that cfo piece comes in right correct correct and not only
1: you know, not only when to apply it, but also creating that infrastructure that allows you to really make decisions in a good, like fast and efficiently.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, we'll talk to us a little bit more about that. You know, talk to us about that infrastructure piece. What are what are what can some of our listeners at home apply in their businesses tomorrow?
1: So I'm going to tell you something that I see uh, very often that entrepreneurs do, and it's uh, they don't get their financials in place until they decide that it's time to I'm going to sell my company or I'm going to bring an investor in or I want to get some debt. Right. Right. Um, And at the time is really, really late. It's probably not the right time to go backwards and fix everything or to go backwards or to go forward and start setting up processes and procedures and policies because you already have a history of something that it's not even clear anymore, right? So that's what that means. So basically what I say by infrastructure is even as an entrepreneur myself and as entrepreneurs that I talk to every day. Uh, getting a finance person just like any other position in the C-suite is expensive. You know, it's not an easy, it's not an affordable, you know, budget-friendly position that you can just give away when you're starting to build a company, but you can definitely get someone to help you set up those policies and infrastructure in place where at the time that you have to you know, go and ask for money or go and ask for somebody to look at your financials, you're already in a way much better spot than if you have never looked at those before. And that right. just means a lot of things, Lauren, that that can mean a lot of things that can mean, you know, as simple as understanding how your revenue is you know reflected in your financial statements are you using your right um cost of services and cost of goods in your financials it's very simple stuff that you believe me or not a lot of entrepreneurs don't even have that in their financials so it's really hard if I ask somebody what are your margins oh I don't know That's a question that everybody should have to know when you're doing it, you know, when you're running a business. So it is as simple as that as also creating an approval process or creating a payable process where you're not paying everybody through Venmo or Zelle or, you know, you actually have a structure in place Um, or, you know, when you collect money, you have a billing system that, you know, you can go ahead and it's automatic. You have a process in place as well. Or, you know, when you're, you know, talking about profit margins, you understand exactly what is the biggest driver in those financials. So it's just very simple things that I, uh, it will take you a long way
0: farther. Yeah. Well, it's so funny that you said if you if you can believe it, because I absolutely can believe it. I, I actually talked to a lot of early stage entrepreneurs. And the fact is, like I said, and this is something that we talk about a lot, like, entrepreneurs you know we we tend to be very very passionate about the problem that we're solving whatever problem whatever form that may take and that means that we get really into product development and research and design but when it comes to building a business it's not just sales it's not just creating the solution it's not just all of these moving pieces that come together a lot of being an entrepreneur is doing things that you're massively uncomfortable with and for a lot of entrepreneurs that that piece that they're uncomfortable with is finance and so talk to us talk to us a little bit about that like how do you work with clients actually you know what i'm going to back it up for a second and i'm going to say talk to us about Startup Tandem, what specifically you do. But then let's talk a little bit about what that means, what kind of freedom that offers your clients. Yeah, so Startup Tandem um, was, you
1: know, I created Startup Tandem because like I said, I have that, you know, internal employee experience. And then I also had that external consulting experience with another company. And I basically created Startup Tandem because I am very passionate. I mean, I had gone on runs many times, meditated on my run and you know, cry just because I really want to be part of somebody's success story. That to me brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. And my skill set is in problem solving in in numbers. So why not? I'm going to put my skill set to work and help other people be successful. But Startup Tandem was created because I want to make sure that I can be part of their journey at any stage where they are at. And not just this company that will only, you know, like it's only when you can afford me kind of a deal. Um, because I don't think that, you know, entrepreneurs need more than that. They need the kind of care, the kind of support in order to become successful, in order to scale their business, right? Because you can also grow broke really fast as well. That's another thing you can do. Yeah. So, you know, so Startup Tandem, you know, we basically have a, you know, very, a business model. It's like we scale as your business scales. So I will customize our services according to your, you know, wherever you are in your journey, sure. you know, pre-revenue, 150K grows, 10 million K gross, who, who cares? Wherever you are, you're going to get it service and at least it's going to give you some kind of infrastructure to get you to the next level.
0: That is awesome. So, so I'm going to give you a little opportunity to brag on yourself here because you, you you took the the modest way, and I'm not going to allow it. You're not going to be modest right now. But talk to us about maybe talk to us about a client that you stepped in and you were able to offer that kind of guidance and that assistance, and you were able to help them transform their business and their relationship with the financial piece. So
1: everybody, you know, most of the people that come to me, um, they really don't know what they're doing with numbers. This is how it is. Um, but they're very, very smart people, educated, you know, they know they're really good at their craft, right? Yeah. And, uh, and they are really, you know, they really know as well a lot of different topics on, you know, finance, taxes, and all of that, which is part of entrepreneurial researching and understanding all those concepts. Uh, but I've had different clients, and I'm not, I cannot say names, uh, well, obviously. Sure. Yeah. But I've had different clients that, for example, come to me and they say, oh, my goodness, you know, I think it's time to to sell my company the next five years. I've been in business for 10 years. Here it is. And I'm like, "Okay, let's look at this. (laughs) And it's hard to even get them in a meeting because they're so scared. (laughs) They're so scared of going over the numbers. But I, you know, I try to make it enjoyable. I try. I try not only. To talk about the numbers in a way that's only informative and educated educational, but also in a way that is kind of like a story. Kind of like I'm talking to you, like I'm, you know, like we're having coffee. Make it pleasant, right? Because it is yeah. numbers is a very uncomfortable topic. Uh, but there's many different stories. Like I've got this, you know, 10-year cleanup to do with my team in order for you to be able to even be okay in the next five years. Right, to be able to sell your company if yeah. that opportunity shows up. So, you know, it's a journey, it's a journey, it's a process, it's definitely breaking it down in a way that people understand. Like, if you understand. Um, you know, if you're doing an engineer and you're, you know, doing some research on, then I'm going to try to get on that level and talk to you in your engineer terms. If you are more salesy, I'm going to go in your, you know, like I'm going to try to make my language fit your personality. That way you don't feel like it's uh, overwhelming, but it's a journey.
0: I, I love that so much because I, I think that one of the most important things that we can do is, is advisors and mentors and guiders and, and fractional CFOs now is we have to meet people on their level. You know, you can be a fantastic speaker or communicator in your own right, but if your audience doesn't understand or isn't able to fully you know comprehend or feel comfortable with the information that you're giving, then it's all for nothing. Right. So, so I love that, how you're able to kind of customize and, and really get personal with your approach. Um, I I love that methodology. What do you think, what do you think inspired that in you?
1: That's a good question. Um, So I've been doing a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of teaching across, you know, throughout my years and um Teaching to different kind of audiences has helped me, you know. Like, um, I've taught finance classes to engineers, and then I've taught finance classes to to scientists, right? So, yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's interesting to me. Just, I like when people get that wow, like oh, that factor, like oh, I get it now. It's that so uh-huh cool.
0: Aha, uh-huh, that aha uh-huh moment, exactly. Yeah. Well, that that is super cool. And how? How fulfilling is it to you as a founder when you see that light bulb come on in someone's eyes or when you see when you when you have fundamentally changed someone's relationship to the financial piece of their business? It's the same so
1: feeling that I get every know. time I fight for my clients when it comes to like, you know, um fighting for better terms on a deal yeah. or um, uh, you know, getting a better interest rate, right? Or a, you yeah. know, it's the
0: same feeling. It's kind of like, wow, I did that. That is awesome. I love that so much. I, so I have to tell you, that is something that you and I have in common, my friend. Like I love the (laughs) aha moment. Like when somebody finally gets it, you know, that's one of the most uh, fulfilling parts of, of what I do. And I think of what a lot of entrepreneurs do so so talk to us a little bit more about Startup Tandem. What are your what what is your long-term vision or goal for the work that you do? Um so we do well,
1: I mean, we do offer a lot of services right now for entrepreneurs and their and their businesses. We cater a lot to startups and small businesses. Our main focus is, you know, to help entrepreneurs, business owners to be compliant and for them to not worry about the things, you know, that you know, that they probably should be worrying about, uh, for them to focus on the bigger picture. So that's the main goal, um, of startup tandem. However, in the future, I definitely have big plans. Um, I definitely would like to invest in in a few startups myself. I love the beauty space. Yes. I love the beauty space. I have a lot of those clients, skincare products, and I just love the margins. They're really great margins. That's
0: awesome. well so that's fascinating like you say that you yourself want to be an investor and you have a lot of clients in the beauty space but what other kind of industry inspires you or makes you want to get involved
1: uh I'm into a lot of you know women entrepreneurship so uh that's one
0: hearing that (laughs) yeah
1: yeah that's one thing I definitely support women-owned businesses um And we're doing a program with another venture firm uh, where they, you know, they teach underrepresented professionals to become uh, venture capitalists. And I think that's pretty cool. I'm part of that as well. So just, you know, when I started my company, I just wanted to make a difference. Um, I definitely think that when you are a founder of a company, you have a lot of power. You have a lot of yeah. power to create an amazing product or service, an amazing culture, and you also have the power to influence on people outside, right? Yeah. So uh, that's my goal. My goal is to to become this, you know, this woman that people, you know, look up to because I do have a, a very interesting past that they can look up and say, oh my God, if she did it, I can do it because I want to be that yeah. force of inspiration and that energy, and I also want to be able to support other women on their journey and support on other underrepresented professionals as well on their journey.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, you know, let's just take a moment to acknowledge the fact that hashtag representation matters. Uh, you know, in, in my daily work, I don't think I can express to you how many entrepreneurs I talk to you on a day-to-day basis who say, hey, you know. I didn't think that entrepreneurship was possible for me until I saw so-and-so do it. And because they were able to to do it, get her done, um, you know, in the face of great obstacles, e- even, even in the face of great obstacles, I know that I can do it too. So it's a very empowering thing. And I love that that's kind of your core. Would you, would you say that that's your core? Um,
1: yes. I would say that it's one of my cores, absolutely. Empowering entrepreneurs, empowering women, Um, like I said, I love seeing people successful. So that's definitely what drives me every day. If I have a conversation with a client or a prospect client and they tell me about their plans, just kind of forming that big picture for them and being part of that really gives me chills. So that's what keeps me driving, you know, wakes me up every morning and keeps me going through the challenges and, and the, you know, and the spears and everything that comes to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, in my core is, is seeing people successful. I don't, I don't know if that sounds like any, I don't know how that sounds, but that's exactly what wakes me up every day.
0: No. And I mean, I think that it, it's absolutely perfect for who you are is a, a massively successful, uh, representation of what you do. Um, you've found a way to align, the core of who you are and, the, and your goals and what you want to do with the day-to-day work that you engage in. And not everybody has that. That's that's super cool, my friend. Well done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, I mean, I had, you know, everybody has to, everybody has to make a choice in their life. And I yeah. think I made a choice to make this business a little too late, but at the same time, at the right time, right? You know, when you say, oh, I wish I could have done that. But then suddenly you're like, well, it's actually the right moment that I'm doing it. Uh, but I wish it could have come a little bit earlier, right? Because mm-hmm. if it would have come a little bit earlier, I would have, you know, probably helped more people along the way. Uh, but yeah, if it would have come,
0: there's a lot to be said for like yeah. you also have to be ready as a founder as well.
1: Exactly, that's what I was going through as well. Like all the experiences that I had, uh, yeah. they actually, you know, made me to be in this moment right now, ready to take on yeah. more. And give more so, of my knowledge. So yeah,
0: I wouldn't be too hard on yourself if I were you. You are in this place and in this moment in time to to help founders and to help entrepreneurs and to help underestimated, historically excluded people to find generational wealth and success and all of those opportunities that we talk about. That is that's incredible. Uh, And and I I just give you so many props for that. You know, one of the things that that we talk about a lot around startup hustle is, is that team component. And I'm sure that your clients feel just amazing knowing that you have their back. Now, you know, when people ask me what my best advice for building a business, most of the time it involves the team and knowing when to delegate. So today I want to add that knowing when to hire an assistant is really key too. It's usually the hardest thing for a startup founder to do because we, we want to be so close to everything. Like we, we don't want to delegate. We want to, we want to protect our babies and take care of our babies, but sometimes that's not the way. Sometimes we need to find people who can support us and help us to focus on the things that we do best and the things that we love. We know that finding an assistant is hard to do, But it doesn't have to be when you connect with our friends over at Double. They are the experts in pairing founders with remote executive assistants you can trust. Double will match you with experienced U.S.-based assistants and arm them with tools and training to ensure you are always getting the best of the best. Startup Hustle listeners can go to withdouble.com, use code HUSTLE22, and save $300 right off the bat. And that's not nothing. That is withdouble.com, use code HUSTLE22, and save $300. All right. So let's hop right back into it. And I'm going to ask you, we're going to get pretty tactical here. And and I'm just going to ask you, what are some of the most significant challenges that you see entrepreneurs grapple with on their their financial journey? You've referred to a couple of them, but I just kind of like to drill down in that just a little bit.
1: So yes, definitely. So a few things that I've noticed, um, it's believe it or not, structuring your company, uh, picking up the business the business tax structure that doesn't really give you the best savings.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, that's one of them. Um, buying into systems at too much of an early stage, right? Um, like complex systems, uh, which can be really costly. Um, that's another one that I see as well. Cash management is top one, 100%. Um, not setting up the right infrastructure is the other one. I already talked about that a little bit. Uh, that's, you know, setting the right infrastructure from the beginning will just help you minimize costs and, like, increase your profits So uh, along the way. Uh, so just taking that, you know, from the beginning space. Um, when to look for better opportunities when it comes to financing is another one. Uh, when is a good time to ask for actually debt, right? Uh, especially people that are fundraising all the time. Uh, there is a time there that is golden to go and say, okay, I can get a better, you know, line of credit or, you know, opportunity somewhere else just because I just fundraised. Um, and go, I spoke about going broke too fast. That happens a lot. Um, you know, when people want to scale rapidly uh, and they get in too much debt, um, so that one right there is, is one to watch.
0: Now so so you said too much debt and how can how can you how can you tell if you're acquiring too much debt? <laughs> I don't even oh, know. I I, I do not I know, know the know.
1: answer to this I question. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's a good question. So it's a good question. I love it. So you definitely have to look at your debt and equity ratio, but most importantly is like you look at your balance sheet, right? Just a as a simple glance, so without ratios, just look at your balance sheet and you can see okay, how much debt do I have in the books, right? How many uh, credit cards do I have? How many loans do I have? How am I financing my inventory? If you're doing inventory purchases, which, you know, we do have a lot of of those clients. What are my terms there? Uh, If you look at this, you know, financing term, financing loan or uh, what is the APR there? Uh, What is the cost of capital? And then if you look at, again on your balance sheet and you say, okay, so who are my investors, right? Am I the only yeah. one there? Then you start, you know, when you look at someone's like company financials and you look at all this debt and then you look at all these investors, you already know the funder already practically lost its company. The, you know, the company doesn't belong anymore there to the, to the person. It's because of how it has been managed, so, just looking at the balance sheet very, very quickly, without any ratios, without any calculations, no calculators, just look exactly what's your debt? what's your equity? Are you the only equity person? are you how many more are in your you know cap table? and uh, that will give you a really good glance on where you're standing.
0: Yeah I man, that is so actionable. Thank you so much for that that's that was incredible. Um, now, one of the things that I understand about Startup tandem. So, so one of the things that we as entrepreneurs, uh, particularly if we're bootstrapping, but, you know, we, we have limited time resources, but more often than not, we have very limited money. And I'm sure that some of the pushback that you receive when you're you know trying to look for clients and fill out your client prep pipeline is the fact that, you know, hiring someone from the outside is going to be costly now. I don't believe that because I think that if you put the right experts in place, you actually actively end up saving yourself money down the line. But what are some, what are some overcoming objections things that you, you talk to with your client about with potential clients?
1: Well, there's always the thing about money, a hundred percent. Correct. But that's something that that's what comes about finding the right partner, right? That's exactly what comes back to because uh, there is a lot, yes, there's a lot of companies out there that uh, all they want to do is, you know, charge you. And that's that's what it is. You know, you just have to be aware. You have to do your research. You have to, you know, talk to other people that these companies are work with. Get your references together. See what their experience was, right? Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I also like to encourage people, you know, is, you know, talk to my references, talk to my clients, talk to my old, my clients are no longer with me and see how they liked it. You know, what kind of services I provide. And then also I am very like flexible as well with people when it comes to budgets, just because I understand. As an entrepreneur myself, I get it. I 100% get it. And as a CFO, I get budgets 100%. So when you tell me your budget, then that's exactly the number. I already know exactly what I can do with that number. And, you know, later down the line, we can talk something else. Right. And see where you yeah. are later down the line and see what other services we can provide. But that's what well, that's one of them. Um, Other ones that I get is, you know, you look too young. I actually do get that a lot. And uh, I can
0: totally see that. I gotta tell you. All right. So so when we hopped into pre-show prep, Alejandra and I, uh, well, so first of all, uh, both of us have uh, messy offices at the moment. And we had a moment of (laughs) communion where we were just like, hey, what's up? You're too busy to clean. Me too. Uh, (laughs) But another thing that I did notice was that uh, Alejandra is is a lovely young woman uh, and definitely has the look of I, I probably would have put you like early to mid twenties. Uh, I imagine that's probably not the case. I don't really know if that's true or not, but I can imagine that credibility might be difficult because you have all of this amazing experience, but you're just so you're so pretty and you're so you know you, you look like you're in your twenties. <laughs> So that must be really hard.
1: It I, it is actually a challenge. Yes, I'm definitely uh, not as young as early twenties or me 20s I'm not in my twenties
0: anymore. But. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm I'm super jealous. Like, congratulations on the great skin and everything. But damn you, a little bit too. Yeah, it's
1: kind of like a, it's kind of like a bless and a curse at the same time. Um, yeah, you're that, gonna be
0: 80 years old though, like, and you're you're gonna look like you're in your like 50s or 60s, and then there are people like me who are just gonna be like, you, young whippersnapper. <laughs> it's just gonna happen. I can feel it. You
1: look great, <laughs> Lauren. And in yeah. any of you ever want to come to California, please.
0: <laughs> uh, absolutely, and we're gonna have all kinds of fun. Well, okay, so, so building credibility in the space, like that's been a challenge. What other challenges have you experienced as you've been growing your business?
1: Credibility is one of them, as like I was saying, um, but I'm, you know, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for finding really good partners that have vouched for me, that have referred me, that have, you know, my clients, my clients love me. Oh my God, I love my clients. I mean, I had clients before I even had a company. So... I that they were my my seed money. I tell them, you guys were my seed money. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were part of my journey. They love it. Um. So, I mean, there is a lot of challenges when it comes to business. I'm, you know, as you already know, there is a lot of uh, options out there. There is a lot of people doing exactly what I do. And at the end of the day, it's just finding that person that you click with, because you're gonna talk to this person all the time. You're gonna. This person's gonna be on your face, on your financials, on your dms on your all kinds of things so just to make sure that this person is that you know the right fit for your personality the right fit for the conversation um are, are they you know talking the topics that you like the questions that you have are they researching your your challenges your problems and who really cares for your business is basically what it comes down to but there's so many challenges lauren
0: yeah yeah well don't don't we know it right right listeners i know i i, I want to hear a Hell yeah, from you at home, if you have been experiencing issues as a founder in, in your space, because I, I don't know a single founder who hasn't dealt with some pretty difficult stuff. Uh, well, so talk to us a little bit about some of those those best practices again. So I'm going to ask you, what is the one thing that you wish your potential clients and that your clients knew before they even came to you?
1: Uh at least to have their own chart of accounts together in their financials, that's.
0: It's a folks who might not be up on the financing. So chart of accounts, that's where you have created kind of your menu of revenue potential, revenue channels, and, uh, you know, debits, credits, all of that stuff that you've you've created coding around it so that you can pull accounting reports really quickly. Yeah, you can do your financial statements. At least have your accounts,
1: you know, exactly how you want to read your financials. It's more about how you interpret your financials and your money rather than, you know, just anybody else. Because at the end of the day, the financials are just for you and uh, your business. You're making decisions, right? So yeah. just making sure that you understand what your financials mean, right? Uh, not just because someone just put an account in there. No, like exactly what your finan- What is your cost of doing service? What is your cost of doing, you know, selling goods? What is your revenue? Where's it coming from? Is it coming from Amazon? Is it coming from, you know, on store? Like what is, where, where is the money coming from? Kind of like understanding those, those basics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, and we, we already talked about the fact that like, these are the kinds of numbers that founders should be able to just pull immediately like somebody asks you and you don't have to look at your phone you don't have to look at an excel spreadsheet or whatever system you're using you're just able to say it right there right then and there or at least have like a pretty good idea right yeah exactly like 30 percent of my money comes from online
1: marketing okay cool what google ads facebook Ads? where is it coming
0: from right exactly those kind of relationships have have a really tight handle on your numbers and 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 I feel like that's kind of the gateway to again, you know, insights and data and information. It's only as strong as as the action that you are able to take from it. That's why we talk about actionable insights. And so knowing your numbers is the pathway to making change in your business that can be that can make you more profitable, can make you more efficient. Um, and so so you're really kind of you're kind of the gateway drug to success. My friend, I don't know All if right. you know that, but you are. <laughs> That's <laughs> incredible. Uh, so, talk to us about the fractional piece. Why would an organization do well to to hire a fractional CFO over like a full time uh, full time team member?
1: So, with the fractional. CFO, you get a whole team behind it. That's the whole idea of it. You just don't, you don't get one person, at least not with no. us. You get an analyst, you get, you know, you get a team of accounting, you get a team of finance. So you, yes, you're talking to a person, but if you need in-depth research on, you know, any. Trend that's going on, or any industry, or competitors, what they're doing. You can throw it in and say, "Hey, can you do this for me?" And yeah, you have it. You have a team rather than a person at a fractional cost. That's basically what it is. Um, but it's just depending on what your business needs are, right? Like. Uh, from a startup fractional CFO myself, an entrepreneur myself, I know that hiring C-suite is one of, is very costly. It's super expensive, right. especially when you're growing a business. Like you want to make sure that you're putting your money in the right buckets. Sure. So right. So in order to scale your business, you're gonna have to do you know pick your battles kind of a thing. So if you cannot afford to hire one full person that's gonna take on this whole, you know venture, then go ahead and get a service or a fractional CFO that comes with a team that can do research for you you that can stay up to speed and up to date with anything that's going on in the world. And if you needed something, then you can just spit it out and they will give it back to you.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in the CFO, like that role, the CFO is, is, is there to help you keep you from making mistakes. But really, like when, when we talk about the CFO, the, the great thing that CFOs offer over like an accountant or a bookkeeper is that vision piece. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Correct, saying the big picture. So accounting is being in the details, right? And being in the actuals, like what's happening right now. With fractional CFO is actually looking at trends and it you know, from those trends you can derive what's gonna happen in the future, right? Like what is yeah. the best way to tackle a problem that we can have. Uh, In the future or, you know, how to maximize revenue, because you can see that the trend using this software or, you know, using this kind of channel is actually really good. So how can we maximize on that? So it's kind of like planning the future. While if you're doing, you know, accounting and all of that, you're actually in the actuals, you're staying in the in the act, you're looking very narrow vision. So that's what the CFO does. It helps you get into the bigger picture, like identifying if you are in the service industry, which ones are your biggest clients, you know, like identifying those biggest clients. How do we make them spend more money on your business? So they become your kind of your scaling partner in crime.
0: Yeah. Well, I love that. And like, honestly, I feel like all of our entrepreneurs who are listening are just like, yeah, I want to make more money for my business. Uh, So definitely check out Startup Tantum for sure. Now uh, I, I forewarned Alejandra about the opportunity that we're about to partake here. And I'm about to ask the human question. And I have to tell you what I what I warned her, she actually she gave me a look. And and so I don't know really how she feels about this, but Alejandra, I'm about to ask you the human question. Are you ready? Ooh, okay, do you feel nervous. <laughs> don't feel nervous. It's a no. dumb question that has nothing to do with anything. I promise it's not gonna hurt. <laughs> all right so so my question is and i'm actually i don't even have a question right now i'm just kind of looking around my office and i see a bunch of books because i have a bunch of books in my office so i'm going to ask you uh are you a big reader are you are you reading anything right now you know i read about spiritual um manifesting
1: good energy positivity those things those are the kind of books that I am into. Um, sometimes I read something about finance, but that doesn't get me go to sleep. So I just read about, you know, positivity and energy. I like to read about um, the souls and how they choose their families and how many lives people can have and
0: those kind of <laughs> intriguing. Oh, man. I, I love that so much because here you are, you're like this very analytical, very like numbers driven person and yet you're reading things that kind of speak to the soul that that's really beautiful yeah that's so cool <laughs> and a little surprising that is not what i expected from you oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> you you are you are a surprising <laughs> founder uh are there any particular books that you would recommend to our listeners if they're interested in that kind of spiritual vein
1: you know, yeah. I was reading something about manifesting money. That's a good one. Go ahead and Ooh.
0: read that one. Yeah, actually, kind of it's,
1: yeah, it's actually no. very, yeah, you know, it's all about manifestation, about being, you know, having a good relationship with money, which you and I talked briefly about before starting, you know, it's it's very important to be positive and, and kind of see money just like an energy, an energy exchange between people and, you know, and, and that's all it is. And I think it comes with a manifestation process that you get to realize that if you manifest money like you it's manifesting like a house or anything like that, all you just have to do is continue working towards it, thinking positive, and give money to everybody that needs it. That's basically what it is.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I think I'm gonna start adapting that in in my own life and just be like, it's not really money, it's really a concept. <laughs> and- I, I think
1: that. <laughs> well, I mean, the more attached you are to things, you know, the 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 worse it is. You have to detach yourself
0: For in sure. order
1: to make it come to you more. Yeah.
0: Well, I I absolutely love that. And I have to tell you, I have, I've absolutely loved, uh, just thank you for letting me pick your brain. I, I, I very, like, I don't often have this happen when I, when we have guests, but like, I was like very selfishly, like, I'm just taking notes here and I'm like, okay, what are the things that I need to do with finance? So, so thank you so much for sharing of your, your wisdom so freely and authentically.
1: No, thank you so much for having me, Lauren. It's been great. So much fun. I honestly do love um, how you you handle the podcast, so I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, and and uh, you know what? I just, I love doing it. And you know what else we love, my friends, my, my founders and entrepreneurs listening at home? We love our episode sponsors. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Double Double's remote executive assistants can help you with everything from email and calendar organization, which is what I need help with, to expense reporting and database management. Oh, crap. I also need help with that, too. I, I just need help with all the things. Uh, find your perfect assistant today. Head over to withdouble.com. Use code HUSTLE22 to get $300 off. Even easier, click on the link in the show notes. It should be right down there with little little link. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can be sure to always get your daily dose of Startup Hustle. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side. Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on
1: Instagram. See you next time. like we do it